Welcome to the Brain Soul Success Show, where we learn, explore, and create your powerful positive healing for life. I'm your host, Louise Schwartzwalter. I'm the creator of a five-part mind-body-soul methodology that clears the subconscious blocks to success. From engaging transformational interviews, brain soul success stories, and the secrets shared by brain and spiritual experts, you will reconnect, revitalize, and transform your powerful life. It's time for you. Welcome back, everybody, to the Brain Soul Success Show. I am so excited to have my amazing guest today. This is Kate Vasquez, and she's a functional medicine physician assistant and estrogen dominance expert. Wait till you hear more about her story and her amazing book that's just come out. She's the founder of Radiant Health and an author. She loves empowering women to reclaim their health and vitality alongside with her husband, and by uncovering these imbalances in women's bodies from everything from gut health to hormones, she helps them create a life by design that they love. She created an online course, The Estrogen Reset. She wrote the book, Estrogen is a Bitch. What a great title. (laughs) I love that. I love that, Kate. Um, because you spell it out, right? You say exactly what, what's going on. Um, and she brings awareness now to that estrogen dominance that so many women can learn how to actually balance their hormones naturally and work with their cycles to have those happy periods and create health in their bodies. She's passionate about teaching women, helping them reconnect to themselves and use that cycle as their superpower and tap into their feminine energy at the highest level possible. Welcome, Kate. Thank you. Thank you so much, Louise, for having me. I'm so honored and blessed to be here today. Oh, and you know, this is such a great time because I know you're just beaming, you're shining today because your book was just launched and you are already a bestseller in, in several categories, right? Yes, yes. It's so exciting. That, congratulations. So congratulations. So let's let's actually start there. Tell us about what even gave you the idea to write this book. How did you get started? Yeah, absolutely. So I um let's see where where do I even begin? <laughs> um so I am a physician assistant and uh about 5 6 years ago I got into the urgent care. And I was working in urgent care. I loved the concept of just quick care and helping people feel better in the moment. But after a period of time, like after a few years of being in it, um, seeing the same people over and over again, uh, people would ask me like, why are you, why am I getting sick all the time? Why are these medications not helping? And, I, I, I didn't have the answer for them. I wanted to, to, to tell them like, look, this is what's going on, but I didn't know. I just knew how to just like treat their cold or treat their broken bone, or, you know, if they had to cut, stitch them up and just help them feel better in the moment. Uh, but I knew that there was just, there was something more, there was something more, uh, to what was going on. Uh, but in medicine, we just, we, we learned sick care, you know, how to treat people in the moment and, and prescribe medications and get them out the door, you know? And so I would actually happen to stumble across Dr. Hyman one day 
day. I don't remember how, but I remember listening to his video and talking about functional medicine and what it is that functional medicine is the medicine of why it looks at all the body systems and how they're all integrated together. And that's when a light bulb came on. And I was like, this is how I want to practice medicine. Like this sounds like it is in alignment with what I want to do. And so I just dove right in. I started uh, studying through the Institute for Functional uh, Institute for Functional Medicine and got my certification and at the same time started my practice because it's like once you open the floodgates and learn about you know functional medicine and what's possible and all the different things it's like it's kind of hard to go back so I uh, started my own practice and at the time I also was dealing with my own health issues I had constipation bloating acne migraines and um, a lot of anxiety and of course you go to see the regular doctors and all they want to do is just prescribe medicine medication to treat the symptoms and not actually treat what's going on in the body. So once I learned about functional medicine, what was happening in my body, I was actually able to bring everything back into balance and to, to help resolve a lot of my symptoms. But then the problem came when I stopped birth control, because <laughs> I took birth control pills for over 15 years to treat acne, which that was a clue right there. There was imbalance in my hormones, you know, because it definitely helped. It cleared my skin. And then I was worried. I took it for so long because I was worried once it came off that the acne would come back. And so, uh, so once I went through functional medicine and, 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 and really started healing my gut and my body and reducing anxiety, I uh, thought that I would be fine coming off the birth control, especially learning about long-term effects of birth control in the body. But uh, what happened was one second, when you say long-term effects of birth control, I just want to make sure that other, you know, cause you know what that is, but I'm not sure everybody, everybody listening understands that. So, I mean, clearly your story and how you got here and your interest in functional medicine, you know, grew from your own story and what you had to do to heal your own your own body and what you saw in the hospital, what you saw with people. So that's so cool. So thank you like for sharing that with everyone here. You know, what is it though that, you know, what is the long-term effect of of doing birth control? Can you share that with us? Yes. Yes. Because what we learn in, in medicine is that birth control can increase the risk of like strokes and clotting, you know, but we don't realize the long-term impacts that it has on our body. Cause it's like, that's usually associated, especially with people that have like a genetic disorder called factor five Leiden, or if you're smoking, which really increases the, the risk of clotting even more. But what we're not taught is that it impacts gut health. So the, probably one of the reasons why I was dealing with constipation was because I was taking birth control. And there are studies that show that, that birth control does impact the integrity of the gut lining contributing to leaky gut. And that's when um, we are supposed to have these tight junctions in the lining of the gut uh, that prevent big particles from passing through like toxins, infections, and stuff like that, uh, because the immune system's right on the other side of the intestines. And so when you have something disrupting the integrity of the intestinal lining, like medications, birth control, anti-inflammatory medications, like uh, Advil leave, um, stress, toxins, so many different things that that's disrupting that barrier that opens up. And then now large particles are passing through food infections and it's triggering the immune system. So birth control, there is that link that there, it can affect that intestinal lining. And there's even linked with uh, autoimmune disorders like Crohn's and ulcerative colitis and on those with birth control. So that right there um, impacts gut and uh, birth control also uh, it causes causes hair loss, and um, and the reason the mechanism behind that is that 
um, it increases a protein called sex hormone binding globulin. And that will bind up a lot of our sex hormones, especially testosterone. That it has affinity, you know, primarily prefers testosterone. So birth control affects testosterone levels? Yes. And when you say birth control, you're talking less estrogen? So birth control. So when women take birth control, hormone contraceptives, usually there is a combination of synthetic form of estrogen and progesterone. Now there are some forms that are just synthetic progesterone, but, uh, but it does, it does impact. It increases this protein, which then binds up a lot of the testosterone because what happened was when I came off and I did hormone testing, I had no testosterone, (laughs) like very low, low level, low to no levels. Yeah. Of testosterone, which made sense. So when you have low levels, uh, it, it impacts hair. So a lot of women tend to lose a lot of hair when they have low levels of testosterone and libido too, which was another big thing. I definitely had lower levels of libido and didn't realize I just attribute it to stress. You know, we all women were like, Oh, we're just stressed and, you know, and it, it impacts, but also birth control too. And so that was another big thing and brain fog. You know, I definitely had a lot of brain fog, um, which I attributed to stress to going through PA school. But I think um, a lot of that too, was just like everything that was going on in my body and the things that I needed to heal. And, uh, and it also impacts the metabolism of, of estrogen too, uh, because we, and we can talk a little bit more about it later, but um, birth control, there's studies that show that decreases the production, the liver's production of bilirubin and bilirubin is what makes up bile. And we need bile to bind inactive estrogen. So as estrogen goes through the liver, it goes from its active form to inactive form. And then it either goes out through our urine or it binds to bile and supposed to go out uh, through the intestines, through our poop. But if we are not making enough of that bile, we're not binding enough of that estrogen. So it impacts that ability. So if you're taking the synthetic estrogen, your body's not packaging and getting rid of that exogenous estrogen in the body. So it can definitely impact that. And, um, and so, yeah, when I, so those are like the main, main causes, you know, and impacts of birth control that it has on the body that, that we're not taught. A lot of women aren't aware of. And so when I came off the birth control, my hormones went crazy and I never had issues. Like I always was regular every month, barely had any PMS symptoms before I got on the birth control. It was just the acne that was, um, you know, as a teenager, you're self-conscious of the acne and want to get rid of it to attract a male, you know, a partner. And so, um, so coming off, thankfully my skin actually wasn't too, too bad. I didn't get a lot of the acne that I had before. Cause I did a lot of work on the gut. I still would have periodic breakouts though. Um, but what, I ended up having was really irregular cycles for the first time in my life. I would have a cycle for like 36 days and then 32 days and then, you know, 40 days. And it was just like all over the place. And I'm like, what is going on? And I also had cramping more than I normally had uh, and breast tenderness too. And so that was a sign, like something was off of my hormones and I was still losing a lot of hair. And so when I did the testing, not only did I found the low testosterone, but I found an imbalance of estrogen compared to progesterone. So then I had to work on balancing out those hormones. What test did you use? Can we, can I ask you? Okay. So now like when I think about, you know, your story here, you know, and you know, you're clearly passionate about what, what, what happened for you and how you can help um, all the women that you're helping today, you know, rebalance their hormones. And of course, you know, understanding the consequences of excess estrogen in the body and all the hormones all out of balance, right? <laughs> what, what were the things, I mean, it sounds like you healed your gut. 
what was the testing that you used to figure out? Because there's, there's, I guess there's discrepancy over, do you do blood? Do you do saliva? Do you do urine? What are some of the best tests that women can use today? And why are there differences in them and belief systems around them? Yeah. Figuring out your your levels of estrogen, progesterone, testosterone in the body. Can you share about that with us? Of course, that is such a great question because yeah, there are different tests out there. So I think it's important to at least start with blood, and that's why I did. I started just checking my my hormones via blood, um, but it is limited. So I checked my progesterone. I checked two estrogens. There's estrone and estradiol that you can check via blood and then the testosterone DHEA. And so from there, I, I checked uh, estrogen and progesterone. And I checked, and it's important that when you get the hormones checked, that it's during a specific time of your cycle, especially if, if women are still menstruating. Mm-hmm. And I like to figure out what is the total cycle length. So for example, if, if a woman is cycling every 28 days or every 30 days, 30 days, and she's pretty regular mm-hmm. um, for a 28 day cycle, peak day is day 21 for a 30 day cycle. Peak day is 23 to keep it pretty simple. And so if we can pinpoint that, and that's why it is just pinpoint. Once I finally got my cycle regular again, I was able to pinpoint my peak day and check to see where those, those hormones, um, uh, were. And I saw that there was an imbalance of, of progesterone and, and estrogen. But then from there, I ended up doing a urine test because Okay. At first, because my progesterone levels were a little bit on the lower side. So I, I supplement, took uh, natural supplements like Vitex to really help naturally boost those levels, but the symptoms didn't significantly improve. So that's when I went to the urine test, because like I said, the blood test is definitely limited, but the urine test helped me to look at how my liver was metabolizing the estrogen, which is a very important key. Um, because I do believe once I learned about estrogen dominance and started seeing what was going on in my body and started doing the same tests and my clients as well, and looking at the different patterns, I realized that there are different types of estrogen dominance. There's like three different patterns that I was able to identify and not every single type of estrogen dominance needs to be treated the same, you know? So the first pattern is, uh, normal progesterone levels with high level, higher levels of estrogen. Uh, the second pattern is low progesterone with normal levels of estrogen. So even though estrogen is like within range, if progesterone is on the lower side, it will create an estrogen dominance effect. And then the third pattern is low progesterone with higher levels of estrogen. And that was actually the most common one that I would see is that third type. So if progesterone is on the low side, I knew I could, I could support support progesterone. And then if estrogen was on the higher side, then I would go do the urine test to look at the metabolites. Cause then uh, the, the liver, there's two different pathways, there's phase one and phase two. And depending on uh, if women need a support in phase one or support in phase two, or both would determine how I, I treated that. And then, then obviously looking into the gut, cause that's going to be the phase three of estrogen metabolism. And so, so, so it's really complicated. I mean, really is. working with estrogen is not just like, you know, it's not like a point blanket thing where you just say, okay, everybody needs the blood test or no, don't do the blood right. test. Everyone needs a urine test. You did both, you know, yeah. and it was for those different levels of estrogen and how it's metabolized. That's the, it sounds like that's what the urine test is good at doing. Yes. It's the metabolization of figuring out how the liver is kind you know, is working with that. You know, I remember doing liver tests way back when I was super sick too. And my, my doctor did, I was in a sauna program for five weeks, sweating heavy metals out of my body. And if I really do look back, Kate, I mean, I did have a lot of hormonal issues that no one picked up, no one picked them up. And I'm sure you hear that from a lot of women, 
you know, and I remember having all those liver tests and we did a, we did a phase one liver test where I had to eat caffeine pills. Oh, wow. Okay. They gave us (laughs) caffeine pills and they had to figure out how it metabolized in your, in your liver. And if it just, if the liver phase one was working, it would kick it out to another enzyme, to another type of um, metabolic enzyme in your body. And if that didn't happen, that just means that phase one of your liver wasn't working and you really needed more glutathione. Mm-hmm. And I love glutathione now. Like, I mean, I love what happens for people with, glut- you know, anyway. So I, I learned a little bit about what you're talking about, but yeah. I think it's so fascinating because, you know, women want to know how their bodies are working. Oh, yeah. And they don't know what tests to use and they, and they don't understand all this. And it's, it's so, you know, can't read it in Google. You just can't. You no. know, I mean, you need to find someone like Kate who can help you. Um, <laughs> So it's, it's so important to, uh, you know, to talk about this and you're talking about estrogen dominance. And of course, when it's off balance, you know, but what are the consequences of not treating it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with, with estrogen dominance, um, you know, I just want to make a point real quick. You're, you're absolutely correct. It's, it, it's either excess estrogen or there's an imbalance. Cause like I said, you know, there's those three different patterns where mm-hmm. uh, estrogen can be normal, but if progesterone is, is on the lower side, uh, it will create that estrogen dominance effect. So yeah, we're just looking at the overall picture of how the hormones are in the body, the different levels, are they where they should be? And I call uh, estrogen, the Goldilocks hormone, where I like to see like, you know, just the right amount, not too little and not too much. Um, but yeah, what are the consequences of not treating it? Um, there are definitely plenty of, 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 uh, hormonal disorders that can occur. Like endometriosis is one of those. And in fact, if you Google endometriosis, it says it's an estrogen and dominant condition. Um, but of course they don't label it as, as, as estrogen dominance, but, um, you know, in Western medicine, we like to give a label and a term to different things, but, um, but what happens is like, there's this excess uh, endometrial tissue that is outside of the uterus. And so when there's excess estrogen in the body, it causes that tissue to swell. And then especially during menstruation, that tissue will bleed and that bleeding will increase inflammation and scarring. And that's what causes the the pain, you know, all the pain, the cramping um, that women will experience with endometriosis. And then they have complications too. And sometimes end up requiring surgery, you know, um, cause it can get that bad, but, um, if estrogen's not balanced, it will just continue to add fuel to that fire and, and worsen, you know, in, or contribute and worsen endometriosis, but also PCOS too, women that have polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, we see that as like a high androgen, which is testosterone DHEA. So when we'll have high androgen levels as long as, as well as insulin resistance, but what, um, is not being looked at is estrogen too. Um, women with PCOS tend to also have elevated levels of estrogen. So women that have PCOS that are being treated for the androgens and the insulin resistance, if they're not looking at the estrogen part component of that, um, may not be getting better as well. So that can be another thing that adds fuel to the fire for PCOS. And, um, 
uh, also women that develop uterine fibroids and, and fibrocystic breasts, um, you know, excess estrogen is also linked to that as well. It, it causes, um, and going back to those metabolites, this is why it's also very, very important to do the, the urine test to look at those metabolites, because I talked about the two estrogens, estradiol and estrone. Estradiols are good estrogen. Estrone is another estrogen that can, um, can make a little bit estradiol, but estradiol can also go back and convert over to estrone. And if there's too much estrone in the system, it gets metabolized into three different metabolites. And the first one is called 2-hydroxyestrone, which is actually a good metabolite. We want to see higher levels of this metabolite because it's actually protective of our DNA and reduces risk of cancer, which is another thing I will talk about too. But the second one is 16-alpha-hydroxyestrone, which increases proliferation of cells. So if women have are starting to have like cysts and uh, fibroids, fibroids on, on the uterus cysts in the breast, you have this in you know higher levels of 16-alpha that can increase proliferation of those cells or cancer cells too. If there's cancer cells present, increases proliferation of those. So women with like breast cancer, uterine cancer, endometrial cancer have higher risks. And then the third metabolite is 4-hydroxyestrone, which damages DNA and increases risk of cancer too. So um, the, the last consequence going back to cancer, you know, that's going to be the biggest one too. And when I think about it, um, I think it's, one of the, I'm trying to think which, which website it is. I think it's, um, and I'm you not sure test this. for all those, like you're describing this really specifically. And I am absolutely <laughs> loving this because <laughs> I mean, honestly, cause again, I don't think we're educated in this area. So I want to thank you right. so much for gosh, your book and what you're sharing with us today. It's <laughs> just so valuable. You know, can we, can we have, can we get those tests like to know what those different estrogens are and, and which ones are high and low? I mean, I've never seen anything that specific before. So maybe I'm just not educated in this and I want to learn, you know, so tell us yeah, about yeah. that is, you know, so how did you, how do you know which one of those estrogens, you know, the ones that you're even eating up the DNA and more cancer causing or, or that high level that's creating those polycystic, you know, um, cysts. We want to know what those are. How do we know that? Yeah, that's where the urine test comes into play because it actually okay. looks at all those metabolites. And there's a couple companies out there. Dutch is definitely a, one of those uh, popular companies, the dried urine testing for, for the hormones. Uh, there's also a lab here in Florida called Physicians Labs. And I like the benefit of them because uh, if my clients are here in Florida, I can at least utilize the insurance to try to get coverage for, for this one because the Dutch is out of pocket. Um, but it looks at those urine metabolites as well, which is what I did. I, I went with that test to see see like how well was my year, uh, my liver, uh, metabolizing those estrogens. So then I can figure out how to best support that, which phase needed support and get myself on the proper supplements, which was a complete game changer for me. So it's the, it's the, it's the urine test. It sounds like mm -hmm. is what is, is kind of like the, you know, the hallmark there of really yeah. finding out more about what's going on in your body with your estrogen, progesterone levels yes. and all of that. Yeah. That makes so, yeah, that makes mm -hmm. so much sense. You know, um, you know, how can we then, you know, as how can we then know how to balance our, you know, it sounds like we're going back to the gut again, too. And when I think about polycystic ovary, you know, polycystic ovaries and the cysts that I've seen in the ovaries and all that kind of stuff, um, the naturopath in me went, went to protozoans. So I was looking at detoxing the parasites that caused some of those issues. Um, and I would, I would, you know, I would be able to help women with that piece. 
But the piece about balancing the estrogen and, and progesterone, that was more specific. So I can imagine if you're coming from a very holistic place and you're doing both at the same time, you're going to get a better result, right? Oh, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That just makes, that just makes so much sense. You know, you talk about though, how we can use our cycle as our superpower. So yeah. how, how can we, how can we do that? How can we use our, our, you know, our monthly period, you know, people, you know, that women would say that, Hey, that's a bitch, right? I mean, they'd be like, <laughs> okay, I don't like this time of my month. Right. Um, how can we change that? Yeah. 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 And that's the reason why I came up with the title of the book, Estrogen's Bitch, because I was just thinking about when estrogen is imbalanced, all the craziness and thing that goes on in our body, how estrogen just like causes chaos. I was like, wow, it, it is a bitch. It can, you know, with all the, the PMS symptoms, the cramping, the mood swings, you know, all the, the, the tender breasts, you know, and all these consequences too, that can could come out of it. So, uh, but yeah, as, as far as like, how can women use their cycle as a superpower first, it's important to balance out those hormones, because if you're having irregular periods and you're having those PMS symptoms, um, and, and, and you're just not feeling well every month, that's a, a sign right there that, there's imbalance with the hormones. Definitely. You want to follow up with a functional medicine practitioner or naturopath to get the proper testing and get those hormones balanced. Because once you can resolve those symptoms and have those regular cycles um, and have happy periods again, because uh, that is definitely possible. I'm, you know, I'm experiencing happy periods now, but uh, you can now use and leverage your cycle as a superpower, which I never, I never realized like how powerful it can be, you know, cause we weren't really taught a lot about our, our periods. We actually were, were more so taught, like, you know, our periods are, 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 it causes suffering and, you know, there's a lot of shame around it, but I want women to realize like, no, there's nothing shameful about it. And we have something unique that men don't have because our hormones are constantly fluctuating throughout the, the cycle and, and throughout the month. And if we can actually tune into what's going on, we can leverage as a superpower. And so once you get those hormone balance, I realize and recognize within myself, my natural hormonal fluctuations. And that, w- that was just tuning in, tuning into my energy levels. So, uh, during menstruation, I, I noticed that my energy levels were typically a little bit lower than I am during the rest of the month. And by recognizing that I learned not to constantly push myself because before I was constantly going to the gym, um, I would go so much that the people would recognize uh, me. And if I didn't go, they'd be like, where, where were you? Are, are you okay? You know, <laughs> but yeah, I was constantly going to the gym, lifting heavy weight, and I loved it, but it was impacting my body and my hormones. And I, once I learned to balance my hormones and be more in tune with my energy, I started to focus more on, on, on yoga, lower impact activities during my menstruation. Mm-hmm. Um, because women don't realize if you actually focus on self-care and lower impact activities during menstruation, you actually can show up at a whole nother level the rest of the month. And so when we understand like the fluctuation of the hormones, they're low because all your hormones at our low baseline level. And that includes FSH, which is follicle stimulating hormone, LH, luteinizing hormone, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. 
and they're all at, at a low level, your energy levels are going to be lower. So once, once a woman finished menstruating, she goes into the late follicular phase because the follicular phase involves menstruation uh, all the way up to, to ovulation. And so the energy levels will start to increase because estrogen and FSH are starting to increase and estrogen is, is preparing, helping to prepare the egg. FSH is also maturing the egg, um, getting it ready for, for ovulation. Estrogen is also preparing the endometrium to get the body ready for pregnancy so that those levels start increasing. And then women will start to feel their, their most energized self. They'll probably, I I don't know about you, but I always feel like certain times of the month, I feel like I'm on top of the world. And that's because right before ovulation, estrogen and testosterone will spike. And that is to help um, because then LH comes in to help release the egg at ovulation. And so when women are are in tune with that, what they can do is, is now get involved with those higher intensity exercises. And, um, and also, you know, this, this is the, this is the best time, you know, to actually like go out and have fun and to, uh, you know, if you have a presentation or a meeting, you want to schedule that around your ovulation, cause you're going to feel your best and you're going to show up, you know, at a whole nother level than, uh, any other time in your month. Oh, these so. are great tips. <laughs> these are just great. I mean, like, look at how simple it is. It's a great, it's a great, it's a great tip, you know, Kate, yeah. to be aware of our body and to know those cycles as you're describing that so women can take advantage of it like you say and really be in their superpower during their and then I want to know about the brain you know so I work a lot with the brain this is the brain soul success show how does that how does estrogen progesterone how do the hormones you know Mm. I think of hormones as neurotransmitters too they are they are they really are how do they affect your brain power and like you're kind of talking about it now, you're saying, Hey, you know, you're going to be in your prime right before ovulation. And when you're ovulating, this is when you want to speak. This is when everything is like clicking, right? So that's one awesome tip. But what about, you know, when we have those really brain foggy days and we just don't feel like ourselves and we're unclear, um, you know, I mean, I have tools to use to clear that, but I want to know the hormone piece. Yeah. Yeah. Related. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So, so believe it or not, uh, progesterone is actually our feel good hormone and it, it, it helps keep us calm. It also helps us sleep at night. So when women have lower levels of progesterone, which when I came off the birth control, yeah, I definitely, that, I think that also contributed to a lot of the anxiety as I was having. And Oh, another thing about birth control too, it suppresses all your hormones. So it was suppressing my body's ability to produce progesterone because progesterone is your pregnancy hormone. So you don't want to have naturally, you know, increased levels. And that's why it's, it's great as a hormone contraceptive. But the problem is, is like when your progesterone levels are being suppressed, you're more anxious, you're not sleeping well, and that impacts your brain. And, uh, and then estrogen too, like estrogen, uh, going back to the Goldilocks, you know, you don't want too little, you don't want too much, but if women, especially as they start going through menopause, start losing their, their progesterone and estrogen levels, because estrogen is linked to our, our memory and our brain health. Mm-hmm. And so it's important that we have, you know, optimal levels of, of both hormones, because that's going to really impact our, our memory and, and, and brain power as well. And so, um, you know, really 
you know, looking at the different hormones and making sure they're, they're balanced. But most importantly, when women are younger, and especially to have that estrogen dominance, if the estrogen's on the higher side, just really tuning in, making sure progesterone levels are optimal too, because that can really impact um, the brain and, and, and how we show up, but also too, you know, going back to just like being in tune with your cycle. And so if you're, you're feeling lower energy levels, um, you're more brain fog, look at what you're eating, you know, is it food that could be impacting? Have you had a lot of stress lately? Because if you're not incorporating self-care that can contribute to that too. And sleep, you know, sleep is a huge, huge, huge thing that, that I talk about, um, because that really can impact the brain as well. And, and then if you're not sleeping and if you're stressed, that negatively impacts your hormones and causes hormonal imbalance. Yeah. You know what? I, I, I always wonder this too. I, I always think that hormones are so much affected by our emotions that to try to even prescribe like bioidentical hormones and creams and stuff for women, um, I am a proponent of that, you know, so I use some of that myself, yeah. but I'm, I'm always wondering too, as I'm working with women, you know, I, I work a lot with the emotions and clearing trauma in the brain and how much of that is really impacting the levels of those hormones at different times. So mm-hmm. it is about balancing just not the physical body and the gut, right? It's everything. It is. It really is everything. And that was the key takeaway, like learning when to, to cut or yeah, to cut back and not constantly go, go, go throughout my cycle. So that way, if I took that time at the beginning, when I was menstruating for self-care, then I could really show up at another level the rest of the month. Yeah, no, that makes so much sense. What a great, I mean, that's such a simple tip, but something we don't listen to or know we should do. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Tell us about your book. Estrogen is a bit. Yeah. So my book, uh, at the time we're recording this released just yesterday and, uh, yeah, I, I really dive into estrogen dominance and you know, what it is, what are the different causes? I even talk about the different metabolites as well. And, um, and just really explaining that a little bit further, the different tests. I also look into the different factors that, um, contribute like the food, cause that's going to be really important food, stress, um, sleep, uh, looking into toxins too, that are in the environment, um, from the things that we're using, you know, um, and then, uh, what else? Uh, and I go through too, like at the end, like the different simple steps to take and, and how you can really leverage your cycle as a superpower, the foods to eat during the different times, the self-care, the exercises. So it's all laid out in my book. Oh, that's awesome. Oh my gosh. You guys have to get, you have to get this book. So um, we'll share the link here, how to, how to get Kate's book. Estrogen is a, is a bitch. And um, I know you had a free gift for us as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I created uh, the different, so I, I created how to use your cycle as a superpower. And I listed out the four different phases, menstruation, ovulation, uh, follicular phase, luteal phase, the do's and the don'ts of each phase. So that way um, you can print it out, put it on like your wall or your refrigerator. So when you're in that time of the month, you know exactly what to do to really leverage your cycle as a superpower. Oh, that's so awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so awesome. You got to get her free gift. So we'll put the link there too, you know, for all of you. Um, I would like to know your biggest self-care tip. You shared with us what to do during our cycle, but what does Kate like to do? What's your biggest self-care tip? Yeah. Self-care. I, I love uh, meditation 
meditation and deep breathing that and, and yoga, like those, those are my top three okay. <laughs> as, as far as uh, self-care, which I found very pivotal because I used to have a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. and that was because my body was just constantly in a, in a fight or flight mode. But once I started to implement these, you know, the meditation, deep breathing and yoga to calm down my nervous system, that was a, a huge game changer for me that, and also making sure I get sleep like seven to eight hours of quality sleep every night. Um, cause I find that when I get that quality sleep, I can show up at a whole nother level than if I don't. So those are, those are my big, big self-care tips. Big t- Awesome. Awesome. Awesome tips. I was going to ask you your brain hack, but I think you already shared it, right? Your number one brain hack you said was sleep. Yes. Yes. Sleep, yeah. sleep, sleep. I, I can't stress it enough. And, and it's, it's so crazy. Cause like, I, I feel like as a society, sleep is the first thing to be sacrificed because, you know, with all the demands and everything that we have to do in a day, people are willing to sacrifice their sleep to get it all done. But if we look at all the different chronic disorders, all the different things that happen out of all the lifestyle factors, I think sleep is the most important one to, to master and make sure that you're, you're getting every single day, because if you can get that quality of sleep, you're going to feel better. And when you feel better, you're going to want to eat better. You're going to have the energy to exercise. You know, you're going to have lower glucose levels. You're going to have lower blood pressure levels. You're going to have better mood. I mean, it's just, it just, it just creates this ripple effect, you know, in every area of your life. So yeah, sleep is definitely my biggest hack. And I recommend getting at least seven to eight hours of quality sleep per night. And I use a, an aura ring to track my sleep, to make sure I'm getting that quality sleep. Um, because if, if, if I'm not, then I'm, I'm figuring out, okay, did I like eat too close to bed or did I not do a, a, another thing that I like to do for self-care too? <laughs> another tip is wind down before bedtime. And I take an hour before bedtime to wind down. Cause I realize if I don't do that, that impacts my sleep as well. Oh, you've got some great self-care <laughs> tips here. This is awesome. You're so wise. And it, it sounds like you learned all of this from, of course, your path of healing yourself. Yeah, I, I totally did. I, I'm so grateful um, that I had the issues that I had to learn about my body and learn like that it's possible to heal. And it's in, in, in functional medicine. I'm so grateful um, uh, for functional medicine to be able to learn all this. And then through that, being able to help more women to help their bodies as well. Yeah, you know, that's just beautiful. Gosh, thank you so much for sharing with us today. One last question, you know, what advice would you give to someone starting out? If they're a practitioner or even a PA, you know, you got, you're a physician's assistant and had opportunities to work in that beautiful, you know, beautiful field where you're impacting so many people. What advice would you give to either other people starting in functional medicine or starting out as a, you know, as a PA? Oh, that's a great question. Um, the advice definitely, you know, don't stop learning. Don't stop. Cause there's just, there's so much, mm-hmm. um, and find and find people, find people to connect with that are willing to help you every step of the way. Cause I know I, I definitely have my, my circle of people that are always helping me that I can go to if I have questions. And thankfully there's amazing groups that are on Facebook. Um, don't be afraid, you know, don't be afraid to reach out, to ask questions and never stop learning because there's, there, we're, we're, there's so much out there and there's going to continue. I'm excited because there's going to be, you know, more and more things that we're going to 
learn every single day about the body. Um, so yeah, definitely don't stop learning. Don't be afraid to reach out and have your, your circle of people that's going to help you every step of the way. Oh, that's so beautiful. Beautiful. You are so beautiful. Oh my gosh. This is so, I mean, I'm so excited for you and your new book and thank you so much for sharing with us today um, and getting this message out there, a very, very, you know, confusing message. And you were able to simplify it and go through even the science behind it. So thank you for explaining all that to us today, Kate. That was, that was wonderful. Thank yeah, you so much. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much for having me as well, Louise. Yeah. So you all want to get her book, Estrogen is a Bitch. And we'll get that free link here for you too. So you can put that chart up for yourself and, uh, and know what you need to do with your cycle and your self-care. So how beautiful. Have an awesome day, everyone, and take time for you. 